Welcome to The One Guys Show, where we're going to be bringing you nutritional and mindset insights to help you gain nutritional freedom, lose weight faster, build a winner's mindset, all without the stress, guesswork, and sacrifice that you're used to. Now, this podcast specializes in helping women break free from the dieting shackles that society has placed them in and provides them with a clear path to success. So let's dive in. We are live. This time it worked. Alive, alive, alive. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm good, mate. How about yourself? Yeah, I am all good, thank you. All good. Good, good. Are you in the swing of things post Christmas now, post New Year? Are you feeling good? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I am actually. I'm kind of off taking taking through three months three months off the bosoms, a month down, feeling pretty good. Just needed that break, do you know what I mean? When was your last alcoholic drink? The eight it was the eighteenth, literally eighteenth. It was. Oh, so you're you're yeah, literally, 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 yeah, yeah. Is li- I was literally like, when did I go into Wonderland? So, what and what's 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 the goal? Three months. Well, yeah, I go on a stag do in March, and oh, I mean, I was tempted to just be like, you know what? I, the thing is, I don't need to. I, mine's just like socializing, getting drunk. Like, I would have a beer maybe, but I'm not doing anything to need to do it really. But it's more of like like going out, socializing, and getting drunk. I'm like, I'm gonna have three months off. I'm not like. If in these next three months I go and have like one beer with a friend, that's okay. But for me, I think it's getting like that that good relationship. I think we all at times realize like I'm going out, I'm 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 drinking a bit too much, or maybe you're having these like, you know, I spoke to someone the other day and she was like, yeah, I just have like a couple of glasses of wine like every evening, every night, and I'm like in my head, I'm a bit like, yeah, see, that's not great. It impacts your sleep, stuff like that. And then we got the other end of the scale where like when I drink, like I just go out socializing, so it's just like a a mass overconsumption one night. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know. And I think it's good just to take a break to ultimately just like, it's good for you. Focusing on weight loss is easier not to drink and not to go out and do too many things when you're trying to lose weight. We all know that. It, you don't need to juggle your calories as much, right? Mm. And it just betters my mental health. My mental health gets trashed when I drink alcohol. Even if I have like one beer, <coughs> the next day I don't, I feel myself dip mentally. Like even if it's one beer. Maybe it's because of just like the sleep as well. So yeah, that's my... That's my jam. I, I don't really, yeah, I don't really understand though why it is, is it? Because I'm exactly the same. Like, uh, it's, it's, o- it's, it's only over the, the last couple of years. Well, not even the last couple of years. I, I'd even say like pretty, pretty much since like COVID, mm. I'd say I can't now. It, it doesn't matter if I have, say I just have like five or six pints. Like if yeah. I just have a beer, it's not too bad. It's okay. But say for example, if I have like five or six pints or even I just go to like town massively, Mm-hmm. I can one. Uh, I will wake up with like a real anxiety-based feeling for like two days, yeah. and it's horrific. Like it's, yeah. it's that. It's that's that for someone like you there. that doesn't struggle with their mental health really anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like you're yeah. pretty like well, well grounded in those respects. But even for you, you're like, I understand. Like it makes me feel not great. And like for me, who struggles with it, mate, it will be like four or five days of that. Yeah. It's usually not until Thursday when I feel back to it, back to normal, back to fluidity with everything. Like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm just like on edge. My anxiety is high. It's, yeah. It, and you know what's weird, right? I was in the shop earlier. So for anyone that can't see me, Ryan lacks impulse control. And Ryan got it ahead about having a buzz cut. For those of you who can see on, on, on the video, you can see my hair is extremely short, eight, straight down the middle. Um, but my head is also very cold. As Hayden said, 
quite rightly before the podcast. He was like, you really did this at the wrong time of year, didn't you? Like summer was probably a better, a better, better time of year to do that when it's warm. But I was in the Tesco's just getting out uh, money because I forgot to take cash and they only take, barbers only take cash, don't they? They're like the we'll biggest money, money laundering businesses. Any of you barbers or hairdressers out there, I see you avoiding tax. And, <laughs> and I was standing there, I was looking at alcohol and I was like, I was like, isn't it weird that like, this is how my brain works as well, speaking about like potential ADHD and stuff. I was standing there, I was looking at the alcohol and I was like, isn't it weird that you could drink that 10 pack, you could be absolutely battered and you feel so awful. I'm like, it's so negative for your mental health. And then I was like, it's actually poison to us, right? And I'm like, isn't it weird that we sell poison? Like there's bottles of stuff that if you drunk all of it, you could literally die. Or even if you drink some of it, your mental health could deteriorate so badly. And I'm like, but we sell it legally. But also mm. we sell smoking, which ultimately is uh, smoking cigarettes, which ultimately isn't good for you. I mean, we also sell milk and water. You drink a sixth pint of milk, you can like or like six liters of water in one go, you'll drown. You'll you'll kill yourself. So that you know, there's actually an argument that well, you could die through anything in that shop. But you get where I'm going with that. It's like, isn't it mad that like we actually drink stuff that's like poisonous for our bodies? Like, I'm not saying not drinking. I'm not one of these. I know there's quite a hype in the fitness community about people, you know. First it was CrossFit, then it's BJJ, and now it's like quitting alcohol, like sobriety. Like I'm all for it. I've thought about it, but purely thought about it because it trashes my mental health so bad. But it's it's such a weird thing that it's considered so normal and we sell it and we do it. But actually when you stop and you think about it, you're like, if you actually break it down for what it was, you're like, it's something that gives you a full sense of confidence. It gives you a massive come down gives you severe anxiety, you feel on edge for a few days. If you weren't talking about alcohol and you just described the impacts of alcohol to someone and you said, would you want to drink this liquid? Mm. The answer would be no. Yeah, the weird if thing you were is... Like, no, go on. No, 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 no. That, 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 I was going to say something else, but it doesn't really matter. You go first. I was just going to say that really, th this is what... I'm, so I was... I literally thought about this like a couple of months ago and it's always like, you know, I was thinking about it the other day as well. Is like so. I was just saying there, like for us, obviously, we go out and have some alcohol. Like, there's got to be some sort of like generational thing. Like, I don't, I don't. I guess it's like a topic for like a discussion, really, and it's nothing to really do with like nutrition related and stuff. But I'm like, how do people like the an older generation of like my mates' dads? Like, how does like, for example, Sophie's dad and stuff like that? They can just go out and like they can tank six or seven pints a night and be fine and there's no like repercussion no mental health mm. like there's got to be a societal shift that has happened over the course of like the last yeah 10 yeah. 15 years which... i'd say social media yeah it could be i do there's obviously other things right you know there's arguments about like that you know some people argue it's food food's way way more processed food than me my my so i know my dad said my dad says many many years ago when i once saw him <laughs> once in the many times I do see him. That's another story. But once saw him many years ago. And when I saw him, he said about like many, uh, I was struggling with anxiety and he was like, it never used to be a thing in my day. Like no mm. one really struggled with it. And I was like, well, you got two things there. Either one, they did, but because it was so much stigmatized that no one really talked about it. Or two, it wasn't as prevalent. And then I was yeah. like, well, why wouldn't it be prevalent? And then you literally just have to look at everything. You know, some people argue that it's because we eat more processed food. Well, I mean, I know personally that if I, my, when my nutrition is better, my mental health is better. And I don't think there's any, I don't think that's coincidence, pure and simple. No. I, 
then was thinking social media, right? I think one of my downfalls when I do get quite low is I'm spending too much time on social media because social media, I love this saying, is the best thing saying. Social media makes you think you should be somewhere else doing something else with someone else somehow else. So I think Chris Williams said it. And it was like, you get, you know, you should have this house, this car, you should have this, this, these are the, like you get shown, like these are the, these are models. This is what you should look like. This is where you should be. This is the, these, these perfect families, perfect pets, perfect homes, perfect everything. Right. And you ultimately then think you ultimately then lose sight of the real world. You lose sight of what you should be grateful for. You lose sight of everything. Right. And I think that's really like, you know, monks talk about it and it's the very kind of big in the spiritual world of things, which does really interest me recently. I'm not going to start becoming some spiritualist Buddha, don't worry. But it does interest me. And the only reason it interests me is because they're so driven about improving the inside, not the outside. And there was a quote in the book I was reading this morning that was something along the lines of like, you can't, you can't be anything, you can't be anything that you want to be, right? You know, they're like, oh, you can be anything. You get told two things when you grow up. You can be anything you want to be and you can do anything you want to do. You can't, right? If I wanted to be a professional football player, I didn't have the family support, I didn't have the finances and I didn't have the skills, so I couldn't be one, right? That's pure and simple. But it was like, what you can do is you can be everything you are, right? All of us have skills, all of us have ability, but we all have the ability to be the best version of us with what we have and who we are inside, right? And I think mm. that's that's why that really interests me is that social media takes the external and pushes it in your face to make you feel like you aren't good enough, you don't have enough, you should strive for more the whole time, right? And you're but then the whole thing is then you don't actually learn to be grateful in the moment with what you have, right? The fact that you're listening to this podcast puts you in probably like the 1% of people in the world that are able to have a mobile phone that's charged with internet that has headphones, Bluetooth, right? If you look at like countries all over the world, there's not many countries that could actually do this. We're lucky to be able to even have a podcast recording, to have the money to be able to have an editor to edit it, to put it on these platforms, right? We are lucky, but we lose sight of all of this through social media. Mm. All of it. As, and I've said this quite recently, it's like, adults are just big kids that lost the magic of the world. Like kids are so grateful, right? You know, they see a butterfly or they see the sun or my daughter sees the moon and she's like, moon, moon. Wow. Mm. And I'm like, it's just the moon. And we lose that spark and that magic because we're constantly striving for more. That nice car that you had isn't a nice car anymore once you get it. I'll be happy when I hit that weight or look a certain way. You get there, you have the six pack, you have the lean physique, you expect something to happen, you don't. Well, that's because you should be happier than now. Like you've bettered your health. We chase too many external things and they're pushed so much in our face by social media. And I think it's so detrimental. Yeah. I'm, I and think then we wonder why we're not motivated in life. Yeah, it's exactly that. Like I, I think I said it on a podcast with Amelia, didn't I? Where it was like, everything's like unmet measures. Is like you've got all these, like everyone's got a different. So I find this fascinating. Like these, these kind of subjects that I find fascinating, right? Because yeah, it's interesting. I've got like, I know some people that I'd argue are some of the happiest people that I have ever met in my life. And like, like when I say like happiest, like genuinely, it's not like, oh, you know, you hear on social media, like, oh, it's just a mask on social media. They're not even on social media. They don't care. But they're like genuinely like... What a surprise. The, yeah. The uh, happiest people and just love life. And they yeah. don't have an awful lot. Like they have a job, they have things, but it's like they're not trying to, they're not 
they're not measuring themselves against someone else and stuff. And I'm like, it's just no coincidence. And I, obviously, because we're, we, we have our own company, right? We, we're into marketing. Like we, we follow people that do have like multi-million pound businesses and stuff. And there's someone in particular, actually, Ryan, that we, uh, we've spoken about before. I'm not going to say the name on the podcast. I'll say it off air. And I think, <laughs> I think that person is literally one of the, like, I think is the, one of the most miserable people. And it, may, it actually upsets me a little bit. I'm like, you're throwing around money thinking that this thing's making you happy, yet you're constantly changing your message. You're constantly changing what you say that you do. You're constantly, like nothing's ever, like because mm. you can see because you're just trying to validate yourself against the world and what you think the world thinks you are because you've got all of these unmet measures that you feel like you should be doing. I do exactly the same, right? I do it inside of the business. We, we've spoken about this before, right? We meet, we... When we see someone else do successful online, that was maybe where we were at one point, our now measure is we should be doing that. Like we should be do that. Yeah. But it, it's so, so different, like and each you, individual. Yeah. And, and this is it. Like there's a, like, like at the end of the day, you have to remember that you have stuff and like not stuff as in material stuff, but you have things, the ability to do things, your health, right? A roof over your head, Wi-Fi, your parents, like both your parents some grandparents alive, right? That other people don't have. And we take, we've unfortunately learned to take it for granted, right? We have a roof over our head that's warm. It's like that one thing, we woke up this morning. Do you know how many people didn't wake up this morning? And I know mm. it sounds really preachy and some people are like, shut up, but like, it is so true though. And I think we're, we, you were one in four trillion chance. I always remind myself this, right? Recently, so I'm like, we were one in four chance, from one in four trillion chance of being born. Yet here we are wishing we had a nicer car and a nicer house. I'm like, wake up. And I'm a sucker for this. This isn't me being like, I don't do this. I do it. But what I've learned is to learn that these aren't an issue to have these for striving things, but don't place your happiness and don't place the be all and end all. This is why you do everything is to get to X place to do X thing because you'll be happy then. No, you can be happy now. And even and you, you can't control what goes on around you, but you can always control your response to it. And I think it's so true, right? Like everything, like everyone listening to this, like you look at your life now, you're like, ah, oh, super stressful. Like kids are playing up, rah, rah. I'm like, hold on. You've got a roof over your head. You have kids. Some people don't have a house. Some people rent their house because they, they would love to buy a house. They can't. You've got a mortgage. You bought your house, right? You're stressed in your job. Well, you have a job. Some people would love to have a job and they can't get a job, unfortunately. Some people would love to have kids. They can't have kids because of fertility problems. There's always things that you can be grateful for and happy for in your life right now. Everyone has stresses. Everyone has concerns. Everyone has problems in their life. Your problems are as big or as little as, you know, you kind of, not you make them, but you react to them, right? I think, and I think it's just so important in life is to just pinch yourself often. And actually mm -hmm. sit down and think about everything that you have. And nine times out of 10, everything that you have now, you once upon a time wish for. I couldn't wait to own a house, have a family, have a bit. If you'd have told me back in 2018, right, Hayden, we're like 40 minutes into this, but we're going to roll with it. Like you're going to have, you know, Ryan Hayden, you're going to have like millions of followers across all your social media platforms. You're going to have a podcast. You're going to have home offices right? You're both going to have had the ability to buy houses through doing your passion of helping women lose weight. You're both going to have a great abundance of clients. You're going to have the freedom of like the, to work wherever you want. I would be over the moon. Whereas now when it comes to it, 
I occasionally do, you, you know, you, you get sucked into this like, I wish I had a bigger house or I wish we had more clients or I wish I had like 200,000 followers. And you're like, slow down, mate. Like at one point you wanted everything that you've got and now you've got everything. You've lost that spark and that drive and that gratification for this and you want more. And I think it's so dangerous in one respect, it's good because it gives you constant drive, right? I'm always seeking more, which is great because it keeps me driven to want to always grow within like business financially, personally, etc. But you have to remember to stop and just be grateful for where you are at because at one point you didn't have what you have now and you would have given anything to get there. Mm. Yeah, it's very, very, very true. It's very true. And this is, like, I, was, I was talking to a client about this the other week. Well, it was actually just before Christmas. And we were kind of like planning out all of the socials over Christmas and stuff like that, like kind of how we came onto the subject. And I was, I said to her, I was like, do you know what I I love working, like why I've loved really working with you as much as I have is because you don't, you don't care what the scale does. I was like, we started this journey, right? And she was like, obviously she joined us because she wanted to lose weight. But she was like, she understands that if she just does the things that makes her successful, she's going to see like long-term success and she doesn't define like at no point we were having this conversation i was saying to her i was like i find it amazing that like you're one of very few clients that are happy to not see success in december like you're one of few clients that are happy to be like i don't really care what the scales do i know they're going to go up like yeah. it's just it is what it is like when it gets to january i haven't really got anything on so we can just start going deeper again because she, there's no like she she and she said to me she was like I don't value myself by like the scale weight or where I am. She was like, the reason I want to lose weight is because I notice things when I've got heavier become harder. Walking, I'm out of breath. Playing with like the children or even just doing things with the children, tougher. She was like, even at work, I feel more lethargic. She was like, all of those things, I I was trying to work out why all of the headaches that I'm having in life, not quite literally headaches, but like the things that were frustrating me, and she was like, I boiled it down to because I just let my nutrition go and I just like started to gain this excess weight. But she was like, this weight doesn't define me as a person. She was like, I don't, she was like, I'm not placing my self-worth on this weight that I have. She just mm-hmm. goes, I know by losing this weight, I'm going to feel better on myself and I'm going to yeah. like, everything's going to be easier. So yeah. she was, she was like, there's no race to this. She was like, there's no, there's no sprint or anything. So she's like, it's just so easy for me then to just focus on doing the daily things that actually make me feel better, which I'll touch up in a second about, you know. I, yeah. I mean, yeah. we're 20 minutes in, I was going to say, we might as well just kind of continue to talk about like gratification and, and happiness as, as we're here. Because, yeah. and you're so right, mate. And I think when, especially when it comes like just kind of bringing it back around to a weight loss thing, right. As well is like, you'll be happy. Like, it's so dangerous to set your happiness on how you look. Like, mm. I'll be happy when I reach X weight. And I'm like, what about all the other amazing, incredible things that you do in your life? So that's first things first. If you're waiting to be happy till you see a number on the scale, don't. Because ask yourself this. If you reached that number on the scale, no, if you, sorry, if you reach the way that you look, right, and you fit into this dress size, for example, but the scale didn't change, would that annoy you? And some people are like, yeah. And I'm like, well, then your priorities are the wrong way around. Yeah. Because you're like, if your health was better and you physically looked how you wanted to look, yet the scale still said that you were 30 pounds heavier than you wanted to be, well, why does that matter? Oh, it just annoyed me. Well, that's when you need to look at like where your happiness and where your priorities are in regards to the outcome things that you're looking for. And it's like, this is also where you need to look at other things apart from the scales. Like being grateful that like you made a good choice when you went out for food. 
right? Being grateful that you took an early night when you could have when you could have stayed up just watching Netflix or scrolling your phone. And I think I think one of the best things you can do as well, which can help with this, and what I've started to do is to unfollow things that don't serve me. Like I've unfollowed loads of like gym people because I was constantly being like, oh, I wish I, I wish I was that big or I wish I was that lean or stuff like that. So I've, I've unfollowed it. Literally just started unfollowing things that don't suit me. Unfollowed pages that just don't serve a purpose. And I think that's probably something every single one of you listen to this could do is remove social media profiles that do not serve your benefit you. Do so you like, all like, go on. No, sorry. I, I was just going to continue what you're saying. No, I was going to say, like, follow things that give you value. So what do you value? If you like reading books, a book recommendation page. I've got one of those. I love it. I've kept it. I like quote pages. They motivate me. I like reading good, deep, meaningful quotes. I'm quite like a deep guy, right? I like, what was the other one I was looking at? The other food, some food. I follow the, occasionally I follow a few like food people because it's always good because if they do some good recipes, we'll then add them to the weekly shop. But I've unfollowed things that don't serve me. Like I've unfollowed, like I used to follow like random, what do you call it? Like other business people, but they would, but not that would post value that I just aspire to. But I realized that I wasn't using it as an aspiration. I was literally just using it. And every time I did it, I was like, oh, I wish my business that big or I wish I could have that kind of car and stuff like this. And then I'm like, that's not, that's not, you're not using it in a positive manner. Get rid of it. I follow loads of dudes who used to work out and I was like, I'm just chasing something, chasing like an aesthetic look. I don't, that's good for me. Remove it. So now I just don't have that much on there that is taking my focus away from like the positive things as well. Yeah. Anyway, you care on what you can say. Yeah. I was going to just quickly say that like it almost, I think for us, and we've spoken about this before is so when it comes, I don't know if maybe this is part of it, but we've both, both got to a place where we've been like pretty lean, right? We've both been to a place where we've aspired to really really be at this location have like visible abs like that type of thing and think our happiness has been on that but we both said like, that's probably the worst we ever felt was yeah. when we got to that so like for me now worst relationship with food yeah so when like for me now in particular so i'm getting married in june and i obviously want to like you know the last couple of years i've definitely probably been a bit more comfortable than i should <laughs> 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 but uh, then just, who's to say that that's only your opinion right yeah, which is mad isn't it it's like you're not overweight so you say you're un- but i'd be a little bit more comfortable but you're not overweight you're not unhealthy so it's your own visual rep but i'm the same by the way this isn't me saying anything i'm the same but i'm like that's just some yeah preconceived I, thing that me and you put on ourselves yeah but what i like what i find really really interesting is what i don't want to go back to so i was i think i was seven i think i was 72 kilos then which is like now i'm i'm literally 82 i'm 82 83 so like 72 was like it and it was aggressive dieting to get down to that stage like i'm not but like i don't want to be at that because i i, I don't want to feel like that yeah what i want to do is i want to feel comfortable in how i feel and look and when i was competing doing crossfit that was by far like i had a little bit more like body fat to me but I was really, really comfortable, like taking my top off. Like I felt good. I felt fit. I felt lean, like mm. that type of thing. And that's like, that's definitely what I'm striving for is like, it's not visually, I don't care about having abs popping out or anything like that. It's just about feeling like comfortable. So this yeah. is why I always say to people as well is like, if someone ever says to you, right, don't, 
oh, you don't need to lose any weight or you shouldn't lose any weight or anything like that is like, understand it's not like, and, <laughs> and unless you literally do have like body dysmorphia, like to the extreme levels and that's something else. But like feeling comfortable in yourself is like the main thing. I've had many, many, many clients that they've thought they wanted to lose 30 pounds. They've lost 10 pounds and they feel incredible. And they're like, do you know what? I'm actually happy where I am. And yeah. it's like, okay, awesome. Strive for that. Yeah. But is there anything else you want to add on that? No, 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 no. That, that is, that is, that is the kind of like encompassing part, isn't it? Is that ultimately we have to be grateful for what we have. We can be happy now. We can be happy in the moment and we need to strive for realistic things, not unrealistic things, but ultimately just, and this, I think, whereas as well is like goal setting, it's like celebrating your wins along the way. I think we're so harsh on ourselves that like, I'll be happy when that, that like you lose a kilo and I'm like, a kilo is amazing. There's people out there that aren't even losing a kilo, <laughs> right? You weren't losing a kilo at one point. So you need to be happy for these things and be a little bit more appreciative of what you have achieved. Whereas we're like, well, it's only one kilo. I've still got 30 kilos to lose for example it's like no that's not the way you want to think and that's what i was saying about these monk books earlier it's all about doing the inner work about trying to be the best version of you internally right being grateful being happy serving others being appreciative of life and just generally just being a nice person i think we forget like that should be part of us as human beings is actually being good people like we all say we're good here and there but we all do like we can all hold our hand up there probably is a one thing that we do each day which we're like oh, i shouldn't have done that or i wish i hadn't done that or i didn't react in a great way to that and i'm like they're the things that also you got to remind yourself like actually there's a lot of internal stuff that is great as well that you can do and be and things like that which are which are awesome ways to become a better person not only kind of like physically mentally but actually just like no way you want to call it spiritually but just like better in yourself as a human being yeah yeah for sure so i sure. um there's there's no real topic to this like we kind of just said we're going to go off on one and speak on this podcast yeah but i did want to bring up this this book that i'm reading which is like it's called the motivation myth and it's one of those ones right which is like i'm not le there's nothing i'm learning which i'm like oh my God, that's groundbreaking. Like, I didn't know that. This, we, I call it like aha moments and like light bulb moments. It's just like, I'm just constantly getting like light bulb moments through this. And at the beginning of the book, this guy talks about, and we can relate this all to us in our fat loss endeavors, fitness endeavors, like whatever it is. So what this guy, Jeff, I don't actually know if it's, I don't know if it's Jeff Hayden or if it's Jeff Haddon. Either way, we're going to call it Jeff Hayden. So this dude, Jeff, he, what he does is he's obviously written this book, but he also has like interviewed some of the most successful people like all around the world, right? Like in, in like he's uh, loads of musicians, uh, Serena Williams, Venus Williams, like loads and loads and loads of successful people that he's interviewed. And what this book is about basically is like, it's called the motivation myth. And what he's talking about is most people think that like there's this wave of motivation happens for you to be successful in anything that you do. And we've spoken about this on many podcasts, many posts where we say, you know, we expect like just to be hit by this wave of motivation. But this wave of motivation that you get hit by does sometimes happen through like YouTube inspirational videos, like motivational quotes and stuff like that. But it, that thing isn't going to make you successful. Like you can't rely on a motivational quote or you can't rely on a YouTube for you to be successful. It's like, it's something that you hit, you instantly get, and it may motivate you in that moment to do something. Yeah. So it's like, I know what <laughs> I my friends... 
I listen to when I'm doing work. I listen to them when I'm training. And it just, I don't know. For me, yeah. I can listen to it for hours. Yeah, so I was going to say, like, one of my friends, he used to, like, he hated training so much, but then he used to listen to, like, watch a, like, a motivational YouTube, like, Rocky-style thing, and he'd be like, right, let's go and do it. And it's cool. And <laughs> you could utilize that, and you could do that to try and get you to continue to do that endeavor of whatever you're striving for, but there's no long-term change there. So what he talks about is in this motivation myth, it's like, basically, we're always just expecting that this motivation comes. But really what happens with motivation is it's action drives success. So you cannot be successful with anything without taking action, right? You can't be successful in weight loss if you don't take action on eating less. You can't become fitter unless you actually do the action of running or like whatever endurance-based thing is you can't get better at football if you don't play football you can't physically do anything and be successful with it unless you do it so it's not the motivation that 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 gets us to kickstart this process it's actually the action of seeing success so success drives motivation which drives more success which drives more motivation but what he was talking about is he was like interviewing all of these people right and i can't remember I don't think it was the Rolling Stones, but let's just say it was like the Rolling Stones. It was like a big rock band. Yeah. And he was saying like the lead guitarist on there, he interviewed and he was like, uh, like he had all of these amazing questions that he wanted to ask in terms of like, how does someone aspire to be a good like guitarist? And like, you know, what's the amount of practice and like they need to be doing and stuff like that. And he said he answered and he was like, not at one point in my entire life did I want to be a famous musician. He was like, I loved playing the guitar. He was like, I just loved playing. He was like, I was obsessed. He was like, it started off by just playing like, he was like, obviously reading music and like hitting certain types of, I don't know what it's called. I'm not a guitarist or anything like that. But he was like, just, it was like, (laughs) yeah, he was like, just simple like melodies and stuff that he would try and play. And then he was like, once he hit those, he got like this, this, this feeling of like, I've achieved something. It's amazing. Then he wanted to do something a little bit harder and then a little bit harder and a little bit harder. And he was like, it was just such a pure passion that he loved of doing it. And he, I think he was named in the top hundred. He was like, he was named in like the, I think he named, was named like 42nd or something in the book of like the top hundred best guitar players in the entire world. So yeah, he was basically just saying, like he was like ranked like 42nd best guitarist in the world. I don't know who it was. There's probably one of you, like I know exactly who you're talking about. But he was so successful in his endeavor of like the the thing that he did. And it had nothing to do with him trying to be successful with that. So this really created curiosity for this guy of like, okay, I wonder how many like successful traits like these people have and stuff. And what it turned out was like, most people who he interviewed who were successful in the thing they'd done, there was never like, there was never like, I'm going to win the Olympics or I'm going to go and do this. Or they never started the thing in the first place because of that end goal. Yet so many of us, when we try and achieve anything, we're so focused on that end goal, right? Is like, put it into a business. You, you want your business to grow to X amount per month. You get mm-hmm. focused on that. When you want to lose weight, you want to, you've got, X amount of weight that you want to lose on a monthly basis or overall. And you get so focused on that thing that actually you get pulled away from the things that you know, that you know is inevitably going to make you successful with it. And it's like, 
he was saying, like, he uses weight loss quite a heavy example in this book as well, by the way, like, which is quite cool. So he was like, most people, like, with their weight loss, there's no consistency. And there's no consistency with the things that they do, which obviously, like, there's never that long-term change. But he was like, your motivation needs to be a system. So what you want to be doing is, and this is what he talks about in the book, right? And this is what we talk about our clients. Like I said, there's nothing like new with what I've learned from this. It's kind of just like bringing the awareness. And there's so many points where I'm like, oh, that's so, that, that's so, so, so true. I should use this as a quote, or I should use this as a, a post, a Facebook post or something like that. But it's like, with the with the motivation piece and with actually being successful in the thing you do, it's like, okay, what is the thing that is going to like, what is the daily thing that you can do, which is going to lead to your success? So instead of thinking that you have to go to the gym, instead of thinking you have to do CrossFit or you have to do a certain sport or you have to eat a certain diet, like what's the one thing that you can do that's going to make consistency stick to your day-to-day? Because the, I can almost guarantee you you're going unless you're literally in a surplus from like if if we're sticking to like weight loss and you're in a surplus obviously you're not it doesn't matter what you do you could eat broccoli every day if it's putting you in a surplus you're not going to lose body fat but point being is if you can just find something that you can stay consistent with with your systems and create a system for you that allows you to turn up every single day and do that thing you are going to be so 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 much successful with any kind of like weight loss endeavor that you have. And when it comes to like setting your goals and stuff, again, with your goals, it's making sure that you forget the big picture. And with the smaller picture, you're setting those like micro things. So as an example, it might be like, okay, let's say one of your goals is to get a little bit fitter, right? Let's say you want to get, you want to get fitness, you want to get fitter, and you you have a big audacious goal in your head of like running, running the London Marathon, and you've never run a marathon before. What he's saying is like, he was like, you don't need to all of a sudden start running miles and miles and miles and miles. He was like, day one, you might literally just say to yourself, I'm going to run for 100 meters. I'm literally going to run 100 meters. The next day you do it, I'm going to run for 120 meters, then 150 meters, and so on. And he was like, you will then get to, obviously you don't just keep on increasing it to a place of where it's like, I'm now running a marathon every single day. Obviously that's not like the goal and stuff like that. But he was like, you (laughs) some nutter out there does that. Yeah, he was like, you establish the habit of doing that thing. And that's the most important thing, right? So for us, and I talk about this a lot with my clients, I'm like, we, tracking your calories isn't like a long-term solution. It isn't something that you've got to do for the rest of your life. Tracking your protein isn't something that you've got to do for the rest of your life. But why are we so adamant on people tracking their calories is because they then become like a health-seeking person, right? They become someone that comes calorie conscious. So when you do go to your favorite restaurants and stuff, I'm not saying that you can't eat the most calorie-dense thing on the menu, but you have more awareness around it. You understand that if you're going to go for a burger and chips and stuff, you understand for the rest of your day where you maybe need to adjust your calories because you've tracked calories for so long. It's the same with protein, right? I don't get you to track protein every day because that's the end goal. You've now got to use my fitness power and track protein for the rest of your life. No, you become a protein-seeking individual. You know the relationship between protein, how it makes you feel, satiation purposes, health purposes, and you are far more likely to go to restaurants and seek out protein-based meals because you know that they are going to be better for you. Same with the steps, right? I don't get. We don't want you to track your steps every single day. I'm getting obsessed with the number. 
But by being conscious of your steps, you are far more likely to take the stairs and the escalators. You're far more likely to create these health-seeking habits. Mm -hmm. So what you really, really want to be doing in your day is like, first of all, identify the things that you like. And by the way, since like reading this as well, I've got like a list of things. I'm tackling it one by one, but a list of things that like I want to be good at or I want to do, but my actions and my habits don't align with me doing that thing. So it's like, I need to create daily systems that allow me to do that, which inevitably will move you, like move you forward. Yeah, you're going to be successful. There's there's no two ways about it. I am only like three quarters of the way through. So I'm sure there's some more, like I'm not even really in like the action phase yet. But all, all they're talking about is that basically that principle. And they were like, what they're stressing inside of the book is like, success really does leave clues. He's like out of, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of successful people that he has that he has interviewed he was like there's there's set traits of what they do that make them successful and one thing that i've this is slightly off 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 the topic of being good at something so he speaks about comedians right and it's so fucking true like comedians aren't actually in the business of entertainment and making people laugh right that's what we think. We think as a comedian, their business and what they do is their ability to make people laugh. However, the best comedians in the world are the are writers. The best comedians in the world are the ones that write and they re- rehearse their jokes by writing. They write it out, they put it on paper, they, they, they say it out loud and they see kind of how it flows or if it flows or it doesn't flow. So he was saying this really intrigued him and he started to actually piece down to like the people that are the most successful comedians in the world and the ones that aren't. And the ones that are the most successful have spent 99.7% of their career writing, writing their jokes out, writing their scripts, like writing everything. So it's like, as a default, you know that if you want to say, for example, you want to be a funny comedian, you have to put in the work to practice right. Like you, there's no two ways and, about and, it. And writing is a good start. And, and writings, yeah. He was like, people aren't like you as a character trait, right? You can like have a bit more charisma than someone else, but no one's ten times funnier than another person. There's not anyone on this world that's like ten times funnier than someone else. And the only reason yeah. they can be is because of the practice of what they've been writing. There you go. Mad. And you know, like, like the whole accent, yeah, it is like I don't know if this is kind of a similar to it. It's a bit like off topic, as it were. But when you're talking about like doing things, success leaves clues and stuff like that. And I think when you think about it, I'm like, what would a successful person do that does what we do? And I'm like, well, they'd be constantly learning. So I constantly am reading. They'd be constantly looking at business, personal development. And they'd be constantly like looking to improve, like, like for us, marketing is quite a big thing, right? So it's like, I'm always reading a personal book. I'm always learning each day. The moment I said the other day, isn't it? I'm watching, I'm listening to episodes of that podcast thing. And I'm currently reading the book Influence, which is about the psychology of marketing. And it's like, I only do that because I know that these are things that a successful person would do. Let's say all successful person read books and get information and then think about how you can implement that information once you've got it, right? And I think one, one of the biggest things that set Max me, which what sometimes talking about motivation and what's the thing, is like true hell is when the person you could have become, no, the person you are comes face to face with the person you could have become if you did everything you said you would do. And I'm like, that scares me because I know there's so many days when I haven't done everything that I said I'd do. And I'm like, imagine if every day 
that I'd done everything that I was meant to and I'd done everything that I said I was going to do. Imagine who that person would be. Imagine if I bumped into the street. And that's what drives me every day because I'm like, I don't want to get to the end and be like, oh, imagine what my life could have been if I'd have actually stuck to what I said I was going to do. Yeah, honestly. So on that topic, so obviously for context of like what we're talking about here, people on the podcast won't know, but I was basically saying to Ryan that at the beginning of the year, I really felt like my productivity, like loads of things slipped in my life that I had always been quite good at or was always getting me success. Inevitably, the things that I'd slipped at had obviously affected me in a personal and business way. Like things weren't getting done, simple tasks were getting like forgotten about. And I was like, oh, this is like ridiculous. So I set out at the beginning of the year to like, I have to, I've got my key tasks that I have to do every single day. And this is from like exercise, like personal and like business and stuff. Honestly, when I'm doing my end of day review and I'm writing it down, and if I haven't achieved it, it is the most horrific, like, because you actively know it's um blissful blissful wellness is that it blissful wellness what it's called it's like when you know you should be doing something but you're actually not doing it is basically it's like there's no worse feeling it's honestly worse than that post bear anxiety feeling it's like mm. you know you should be doing something because it's black and white on paper and you haven't done it and that yeah. like i mean i'm only 18 days in of doing this but like that of doing it has been like an absolute game changer, game changer because i'm like yeah. I know if I'm not doing these things, one, I'm not moving the business forward. Two, I'm not improving my health. It's like I had, I had yesterday, I had one of those like moments where we all have it, where I, I definitely, I basically didn't plan my nutrition how I wanted to. So that was one of the things that was like a kick in the face. But then secondly, I was kind of just like ad, ad, ad libbing it. And I knew I was eating I was snacking at things that I hadn't put into my fitness pal. And before I'd entered it, I had that like guilt of like, when I'm doing my end of day reviews, have you done your nutrition? Have you done that? And I was like, I know I'm lying to myself. I know I haven't done this. So I added it all in. And even though my calories went over for the day and I was like, okay, I've gone over what I said I would. I felt so, so, so much better actually logging that and being like, okay, I know my calories have gone over because now I've got that continuum based thinking of like, okay, well, what do I need to do now to just forward? It's the same inside of like the business, right? If I'm like, okay, I haven't, maybe I didn't do as many conversations that I wanted to do. Or I didn't, whatever it was, I know what I need to do the next day in order to like get myself up to the mark of where I need to be for that. So it's a very, I guess the right word is it's very humbling experience doing this. Mm, yeah. Incredibly humbling because you're like, oh my God. So that's another thing like to take away and like, you know, you can, you can put this into like your nutrition and training and stuff. It's like set yourself out a plan and put it on paper as well because you, and if you use like a, like a habit-based system, you will know for yourself very well if you're doing the things that are going to make you successful or not because all of us know, right, if you stick to a deficit, if you do your steps and you eat your protein, it's not a case of if you achieve your goal. Let's say your goal is 45 pound loss. Mm -hmm. It's not a case of if you achieve your goal, it's just when. Like you will 100% yeah, yeah, do it. Yeah. There's no two ways about it. You can, you categorically cannot get away from it. Yeah. That's what I said to everyone. It's not a case that, yeah, I hope this works. And I'm like, no, no, no. no. Like this one to one coaching works. It's literally just a case of when. The only thing that you have to do now is just action the steps that we, we, we put in place with you and the results will happen pure and simple mm. and yeah and that's it
Yeah, it is crazy. Well, I think that's a good good place to wrap it up, unless you had other other things. No, 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 no. I think we we can uh, probably do. Do you and... find as yeah? Do you find as well? Like, even if I'm reading, say I'm reading, like it could be it could be a business based book, it could be anything. Do you find yourself like relating things to like nutrition and like fitness? in like what happens inside of the book. So if there's like a quote that someone says, you're like that quote can a hundred percent work inside of like nutrition and fitness. Yeah. A lot of time I think about it. I always relate to myself or something to do with, yeah, like weight loss, myself, business. It's always to do with, and I think that's quite, that's quite a thing because it's, you're always finding ways to relate so that things make sense. If that makes sense. Yeah. And especially because you do this, it's logical to relate it to something that you know inside and out and that you do every single day. Yeah. Yeah, I do. That's one of my one of my goals that I've set out for this year as well is read more. I listen to a lot, but I think I I need to read more as well. I only do ten. ten the thing is, you say I only do ten pages, but ten pages racks up. If that makes sense, like it, it go, it, you you get through a lot more, and like it's like depending. Like if I'm a, if I'm a good bit, I'll read more than ten bits. If I'm close to the end of a chapter. I'll keep going. But having that 10 in place just gives me a minimal viable thing to do so that I can't cop out. Oh, this is, you might find this useful as well. So this is what they talk about in the book, right? It's like whenever you've got like a set task, so they talk about like reading, right? So if I go into this book and I take out all of like the rubbish and stuff, but like this book is, so this is one of the ones that punched me in the face as well because it's like, oh, that's actually so true. So one of my goals that I set out was like, well, I want to read more. Like, I want to read. And I was like, I'm going to do like, I think I think I got this from you. I was like, I'm just going to do 10 pages a day because that's yeah, what I just... where I got it from. But, I don't know if I got it from someone else or I just made it up in my head. He was like, how many books do you actually want to read? Like, what would you be really happy with achieving over the year? Down. Yeah, and then he was like, break it down by the number of it in each book by the days and he was like you will then have like an exact number that you need to end yeah yeah it's true because some books are longer but it's like if you knew each book was was a hundred so it's going to take you a hundred days if you read 10 pages a day and you add three you know yeah and it does make sense and then you know exactly how many pages you need to read each day to read the relative books that you want to read does make sense does make sense always makes sense right we've got a couple of uh potties coming up soon don't we um, yeah we've got a few guests. guests um we've got charlie and evan who i'm sure some of you will know uh, but if not they're on the podcast next week so we'll be uploading that and getting that sorted uh, as per usual if you need anything let us know our inboxes are always open and um we'll see you on the next episode go from there bye-bye team see ya